Was it paused this whole time? I asked you that and you said we're fine. Oh no. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Life Podcast. I am your host, Will Delgado, joined with Evan Coltman. What's going on, guys? And Will Rukakowski. How's it going, dudes? It's going to be <laughs> a double will threat. will squared in today's episode. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today and not all the time in the world, so we're going to get right into it. Um, um, we have uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that's going to be hitting theaters. Um, Barbie movie uh, discussion, um, the um, Sound of Freedom trends um, on this day historically in movies, um, and some music stuff from Will, and our closing thoughts. But before that, let's get to know a little bit about ourselves. So, as I said, my name is Will. I'm a student at Syracuse University Newhouse School of Public Communications, and I'm also a student um, in the Whitman School of Management business student i'm also a um, television radio and film uh, major as well so a lot of interesting stuff that i learned there a lot of stuff that i picked up from the industry um so far and um yeah welcome to my podcast really appreciate you guys uh for tuning in hey guys i'm will and will rakoski not will delgado i'm uh currently a sophomore at umass amherst and um I study civil engineering, so not really related to what we talk about on the podcast, but with my free time, I like to do a lot of, um, I like to analyze media. It's one of my hobbies, watch a lot of movies, really try to go for more quality movies and um, listen to a lot of music, watch some TV shows, play some video games. You know, I'm just a consumer of media, like your average uh, everyday college teen or just college student but um yeah i i'm pretty thrilled to be on here today and i uh, can't wait to discuss what i know about music in the industry and movies in the industry uh, what's up guys i'm evan uh it's my second time back on the show thank you will for having me again um i am a sophomore at community college and then i'll be transferring to umass amherst with will right over there across from me going on well so bro <laughs> i'm also in the engineering uh major uh silver mechanical don't know yet but like will i'm really just like that guy right over there that beautiful boy i am you know i just play video games go to the gym and then just watch movies and tv shows in my free time it's basically a bit thank you guys and again i appreciate you guys for coming on the show and thank you for your time so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are going to be hitting the theaters um, uh, movie on August 2nd. It's going to be Mutant Mayhem. This is a computer-generated animated film that's going to be hitting on August 2nd. And a lot of people have been seeing this movie as a tentpole. Have you guys ever seen the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles before? Uh, personally, I saw bits and pieces of the older shows, but I was never a huge fan. Uh, didn't really think that there was much to them seen the old movies one or two of them but i mean that was so long ago cannot remember only little snippets of them yeah 
So, in addition um, to the computer-generated animated film that's opening on August 2nd, um, the Paramount Plus Network is going to be developing a two-season series as well titled Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, with Nickelodeon. And me, myself, I used to watch a lot of the Nickelodeon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles shows uh, when I was younger, but um, I didn't um, really watch it as much anymore as I got older and uh, grew up um, and stuff like that. But the series is going to have Chris Yost and Alan Wan um, as the uh, uh, execs um, and showrunners. So, uh, and Lucas Williams is going to also see the the series uh, sequel. Um, series and the sequel, sorry, um, but, uh, for Point Grey Pictures. So, tentpole. You guys know what a tentpole is? What would that be, Will? So, <laughs> so a tentpole. Just basically, what that is is it um, is it is seen as a cash grab, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series um, kind of has a lot of like shows and movies. So especially with this being a computer generated animated film, it's definitely going to be one of those movies where you're going to um, expect uh, there to be high grossing and um, a lot of kids coming to see. So it's for sure going to be a movie that's going to make a ton of money as well. Yep. You just know that all those kids are going to be walking in there with their action figures, their t-shirts. I've seen a lot of uh, younger kids out in the schools with lunch boxes and backpacks. That um have uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on them. Yeah, and and I would agree for that. And I really think what Paramount is doing here is just trying to cover their losses um, for all the movies and TV shows that they've uh, come out with that have been operating at a loss and their debits, or excuse me, their their credits um, as well. But interesting here, the cast of um the film includes Seth Rogen. Um, John Cena and Jackie Chan. So there's going to be some big names here uh, in this movie as well um, for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So not bad of a cast. you got to know to a certain extent there was some money spent uh, on this movie uh, as well. Um, in addition to Jeff Rowe um, being the director um, of the film um, and... Um, uh, yeah, so the script uh, also being crafted by uh, Seth Rogen as well. Uh, one thing I have to say about this movie is I'm going to put a hot take out here. I think it's going to flop. Yeah. I I just don't see the hype for it. And I think that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the their brand has fallen off. And I think that there's just been a consistent uh, downgrade in quality. The original stuff, the original plot line, really solid, solid show. Um producers of it actually went to umass amherst shout out those guys they put a statue in our library um and i have a lot of respect for them but the corporate um monetization of the teenage uh, ninja turtles to make them into something to basically get money out of kids and try to lure kids into buying action figures and t-shirts like evan said um i i just think that that's most of what the brand has become now and it's lost a lot of its like originality and value. It's kind of like what a lot of people are feeling like, how, uh, like how Star Wars is right now, like all the stuff that they've been making for with Disney is like how much just for like the money and like to get a bunch of people to spend money to do stuff. So, 
I can agree with you to a certain extent with that. Like I said, I haven't been super educated on what's been happening in the TMNT universe. Um, but I do know for, for a fact that Paramount Plus is definitely going to be out here making this to make that money, especially given the fact it's computer-generated, animated, um, and they just have a couple of, threw a couple of big names in there um, as well. But, uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be watching the movie, uh, but it opens on August 2nd. For those of you who are interested in seeing the movie, I might go see it with my nephew if he really also wants to go see it. Um, but the basic plot line as well just kind of follows that of um tom holland spider-man sort of um i mean it, it it's just the turtles aiming to be accepted as normal teenagers in nyc um throughout their heroic acts so it's definitely like miles morales spider-man vibes got to it uh and um tom holland spider-man um as well so again super sort of interesting that teenage mutant Turtles is going to make another uh series and they're going to be making a film on top of that so they got two two major things happening for them as well um but as you guys said it's probably going to be a cash grab uh above everything i mean what i mean what movies nowadays there's a very small amount of movies that are um sequels sequels or spinoffs of like original content that aren't um knockoffs it's it's or not sorry cash grabs uh, it's really rare to see that nowadays, where a movie that's sort of a spinoff of something else isn't isn't a, a cash grab. Yeah, I agree. I feel like the best movies that are made are movies that are just one and dones, where you don't really need a sequel for it. But then there's also movies like Toy Story too, where you can yeah, where you can, can have like a pretty good toy. You can have like good good sequels and like an and like a third movie or a fourth movie and whatnot. I think those movies are are well deserving of their I mean right. of their second movies. I'm saying like one, two, three, four, maybe five max if yeah. you know they're really into it. They make a lot of money out of it. But when you have something like this where they have a couple movies, a bunch of TV shows, whole other branch of just e-commerce really coming in through like everything and toys and whatnot. You get to a point. Brand. You get to a so point where it's just confusing. Like you, you don't know what's happening. Yep. You can't follow anywhere. Yeah, you don't know which movie to watch first. If you're the first time of it, you have to look all this up. There's just so much to it, and I don't know how people are just going to follow it. And they just keep adding more and more, and it gets to a point where it just gets too boring. Yeah, me neither, Evan. I have no idea. Um, but, I mean, nevertheless, like you said, it's going to boil down to those kids coming in with their uh, T-shirts and their action figures and whatnot, running into the theater. Not a lot of those uh, movie enthusiasts like uh, us three here that are going to be um, going to those theaters and kind of excited with a smile on our face um at all i mean at least with this movie we know what to expect however with barbie as we'll get into in just a moment completely blew our um our original expectations that we had for it out of the water in terms of just the overall overarching theme uh, on the movie and i just want to provide a quick update to the writers guild of america and that is that there are rumors that have circulated um, that the AMPT, um, which is the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers and the Writers Guild of America, um, are going to halt negotiations on contracts until October. And apparently studio executives anonymously reported that the financial strain of those screenwriters um, will basically just cause them to negotiate for a better deal. So that's an update. As tensions arise, we'll feel the effects of this writer strike in just a couple of years. Um, but... That's another conversation and a, another podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, Barbie. 
The box office for this movie over the past five days and only five days alone in America. Barbie made. You guys want to take a guess? I mean, I already know, so I can't really take a guess on it. Somewhere around. I mean, they had definitely made more than what they had the budget for. I'm going to say about $50 million over than what they had it for. $200 million. So they made their movie back in five days. Greta Gerwig being the female director of this movie. Um, she's going to be the highest opening weekend female director. Ever? Yes. Wow. So they good for Greta Gerwig. She's uh, proven herself to be quite a talented director throughout her roles in different movies. Um, you always have like Steven Spielberg. Directors like Steven Spielberg that will like kind of specialize in one genre. Well, Greta Gerwig apparently has been doing all sorts of different types of genres of movies and I've and has been exceptional at that as well. Again, I haven't really seen any other movies from her before, but I've just heard that she's kind of um, has her arms into different types of genres and has done quite well with that. This is something that I feel like is definitely good for the industry in a sense that we have people that are more diversifying their experience and um, are out there in more um, genres as well. So this um, review of Barbie may contain some spoilers, so just warning you guys ahead of time um, on that. But the plot of Barbie, Will, what do, you, what do you think? You saw it in theaters when and with who? I saw it on july 20th uh at four o'clock one of the first (laughs) (laughs) july 20th was when when it released that was opening day yes actually technically the night before opening day if you count it as the date that they released it on the post listed on the posters um i saw it with my significant other and um okay so was this something that she dragged you to or did something you dragged her to or or were um, you just kind of like neutral about it i would say that she brought it up and I was open to going. I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to see Barbie. But I was <laughs> like, oh, might as well go. I haven't been to a movie in a while. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, going to be trending a lot in the next few weeks. So I might as well get ahead of the curve and g- give it a watch. Um, and I have to say that my expectations were just not at all um, what the movie came out to be. And for the better. I think that the movie was, they did a really good job with what could have been just another thing like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like a cash grab to sell Barbie dolls. And you expected this to be a cash grab. That is what I expected, yes. Granted, I do think they're still going to make a crap ton of money from this movie, both from selling new Barbie dolls and from um, just the movie in general, but... I think that the movie itself stands for something more than that. I agree. Um, I couldn't agree more with that. There's definitely an overarching theme in this movie, which makes it, as Evan and I were talking last week on the Real Life Podcast, and go ahead and give that a listen. That's already up. Um, where we thought it was, you know, it would be to a certain degree not like the traditional podcast, given the fact that the rating was PG-13. And Evan predicted that the movie Oppenheimer, because we compared the two, um, Oppenheimer versus Barbie, we compared which one we thought would be most profitable um, on the opening weekend. And, excuse me, Evan Evan predicted um, that Oppenheimer Oppenheimer would be uh, grossing more, given the fact that their budget 
was significantly less, or not significantly, it was a couple, you know, a couple tens of millions, it was like 30 million less uh, than Barbie, Um, but unfortunately, this man was wrong, I think uh, Oppenheimer grossed like uh, 100 million or fifth, I thought it was around 120. It was, 120. I think it was over 100. It's definitely over than what they, you know. Made yeah, for. both of these those movies made their money back opening weekend. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean in history? What do you mean? Like, oh, was it the fifth? No, it was it was the, the fourth, fourth biggest. Um, like if you box look office. at collective box office days, or weekends, that was the fourth biggest weekend in box office history just because of those two movies it's kind of rare nowadays that you see two giant uh movies releasing on the same day usually they want to space it off a week and apart so that you can have your own your own week pretty much to be devoted to your thing and that's interesting because like you see a lot of times there's two movies that would hit the box office at the same time two blockbuster films and then you're like it's a competition between which one will do the best or which one you're going to watch not for this movie people made them a marathon you're shaking though. your head evan why do you think that is what i meant to say up and no down. no i know but i'm saying like you're like you're agreeing uh, with me like why yeah. uh i think people made it more as like a movie marathon where you'd see one and then immediately see the other because they're i mean they're basically kind of different in the aspect of you know a, you know barbie teenage you know kid perfect land versus an atomic bomb but I think people made the most out of it and said, let's just go watch them. We'll go watch both, see what the scope is about. What'd they call it? What'd they call the uh, the the act of watching both Oppenheimer and Barbie at the same time? Do you guys know? I believe that's called Barbenheimer. <laughs> Barbenheimer, right. <laughs> so a lot of people would be like, they're going to go see Oppenheimer first or see Barbie first and then end on a happy note or end on a sad note. What would you guys prefer to do? I'd probably I would rather go see like... Barbie, Barbie like first. during the day yeah. and then like at night like when there's no sun out anymore I'd see Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer yep I agree like when the lights are off outside I feel like I'd be more like ooh, you know um, but both movies are about three oh no was Bar- Barbie was two hours Barbie was two hours and Oppenheimer's three yeah three hours so you'll spend a little more time in the theaters with that with that John um but we we just we mentioned a couple of seconds ago a couple of seconds ago patriarchy, and Will also said that his expectations were completely the opposite of what the movie actually turned out to be, and he said for the better. So Will, you just you just want to specify on what you mean by that? Um, the movie had a very powerful message of um, female empowerment, and just the idea it was a. a a big critique of uh society in a way both american society and like society around the world and how we view women and uh just the fact that like a lot of times in movies women are given like really one-dimensional roles and in this movie was kind of the opposite of that it's obviously was a woman who directed the movie and um it's uh has a very strong women cast uh and the basically the idea is that all the women in Barbie land uh, they all think that they've reached equality but then um, when Barbie travels to the real world she realizes just how far from equality we are 
in the real world and how mistreated women are still uh, to this day. And it's um, the whole movie is basically just analyzing that and right. looking at why why that might be that women are just not um, how we would want them to be in our utopian world. I feel like um, the actors that they casted to convey this message, like Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, um, Emma, Emma Mackey, uh, Kate McKinnon, I think they all did a pretty uh, good job with within their roles, especially Ryan Gosling. Um, I know this movie was kind of um, women empowerment oriented or focused, uh, but I feel like Ryan Gosling really knocked his role of Ken out of the darn park. Um with them as well as you know margaret robbie of course she's um did great uh with her role i mean she uh, she already had the 50 percent of just looking like a barbie doll in general um because of because of her like her hair they had her hair up and everything like that she had the blue eyes and the like the, the pink lipstick and everything like that um so that was a great it was a great casting decision though um there was a fourth wall break in the movie that i won't explain too much but might contradict that opinion um but Will Ferrell, uh, his his role in the movie, um, I mean, I feel like his role in the movie could have been more than what it actually was. I totally agree with you, Will. Um, that was probably my biggest takeaway from the movie. Will Ferrell and his um, part in the movie was not needed. And I think that Will Fer- this is one of the biggest examples of... Um, a movie hiring a name that has such big status such as Will Ferrell when you see Will Ferrell you expect blockbuster you expect top peak comedy movie and Will Ferrell brings name brings uh people into theaters and uh I think that is honestly the only reason why he's in this movie because the role that he plays just doesn't really have any meaning to what the movie is as a the message of the movie he could have been played by you, Will Delgado. Woo! And money, money, and, money. And it would pretty much give the same, Woo. um, the same effect. You know what I mean? All that Will Ferrell really stands for is like a, a man in power, and he doesn't really do much to make himself stand out in that role. Yeah. So he plays the CEO of Mattel in the movie. And again, I agree. I don't really think he. I'm just watching the movie in the packed theater, um, and I was just like, "All right, dude. Like, well, it's Will Ferrell, man. But what now? Like, what do you like? What's his purpose here, dude? I mean, yeah. Other than being a um, a multi, you know, multi diversified portfolio in acting, why are you here? And I really found myself asking that question a couple of times. As far as the directing on its own, um, I think um, Greta Gerwig. And usually if I am watching a movie and I feel myself kind of thinking to myself in the perspective of a director, generally speaking, I know that that's like not, not that a good job. Like the director didn't do like that good of a job. Like I shouldn't want, like I shouldn't be watching a movie and then seeing through their acting, if that makes any sense, like seeing that they're acting instead of seeing them be a character, which is what I didn't do, which is really what I didn't do that much. So I think that was pretty good um but the overall production quality i mean there wasn't really much you can do like cinematography wise in such a in a situation like that i guess 
Are you talking with Will Ferrell still or just the... Uh, no, with the movie as a whole. Yeah. Um, I think that the cinematography was solid. It wasn't anything revolutionary. Um, right, yeah. It was, I think it was more the, the uh, screenwriting or the, the film writing that really made this movie stand out more than any special effects or anything like that. Um, I, one, on one note, this movie did uh, set the Guinness World Record for most pink dye ever bought for one purpose. I don't remember the exact number, but the the set, uh, the uh, production set of Barbie, uh, just they spent an astronomical amount of money on pink paint to paint all these sets, uh, which was the most of all time. I don't know if you got that number there. Um, let me see. I'm I'm looking for it right now, but I I think I read something on that um, as well that they used like a crap ton of um pink uh pink dye and i can't find anything on it right now um but uh yeah i mean there's a lot of records that were set with this movie and a lot of success that they've met with and so on it's only been it's been less than or it's been a week actually um since the movie released and it's already seeing a lot of success but it's also seeing a ton of controversy and what i mean by that is from the uh um generally from the right wing uh uh political uh republican party and i hear and i want to just stress that here on um the real real talk podcast we don't we don't like really diverging to politics or really ex- talking about politics all too much but this movie does have um some um uh, political implications once once the controversy flows um primarily from politics on both sides so i think it's important to kind of talk about how um these the two parties are kind of analyzing this movie and what their um opinions are are on on this party and and, and i'm talking like people like ben shapiro and uh republican congressmen's wives i mean a lot of there's a lot of people who are unhappy and unsatisfied um with this movie we'll go ahead and roll the uh, ben shapiro clip right now this movie is not just a piece of this movie is a flaming piece of dog piled atop an entire dumpster on fire piled atop a landfill filled with dog who thought it's a great idea? Let's bring on the people who wrote Lady Bird and Marriage Story to make a movie about a plastic doll that is generally played with by five to nine-year-old young girls. I was trying to separate this into problems with plot and problems with character and problems with the politics of the film, but they're all intertwined because the thing is just a mess. Plot-wise, it makes no sense. Character-wise, it makes no sense. This movie is two hours. It feels like it is longer than the Wagnerian ring cycle. Yeah. Not happy with the movie uh, at all. <laughs> Um, and he had, he had this full review too. It was like 40 minute review on the movie. Just, just, just under how long this podcast is. Um, so you can definitely tell that there's a lot of people who are unhappy with it. And what they're saying, um, basically, uh, is that they feel like the movie has no values, uh, with, with faith, uh, and men and, and, and faith of like relationships. And a lot of people have been saying that, that this movie is basically telling its audience that men and women can't collaborate with each other in a positive manner. Um, one thing I have to say in uh, contrast to that is uh, with it thinking that this movie doesn't have fate in men, this movie wasn't made to have fate in men. This movie was meant to empower women. And um, while it is important to like believe in both uh, men and women in equality and such as that, 
I really do think that this movie was woman focused for um and just really taking a look at why it is so hard to be female in the United States and in the world and why uh, a lot of things that we overlook on a day-to-day basis as men here um, and things that we might not be aware of uh, like just the over sexualization of women and how they aren't really seen as all that um, smart or intelligent by lots of men hopefully none of us but um, and just how hard it is to be in a corporate setting as, as a girl or as, as a woman, it's, um, that's what this movie really touches on. And I don't really think that it was meant to empower men because there's so many movies that empower men and go to like any blockbuster Marvel movie. You see a, a guy fighting a freaking like giant alien thing, like Thanos, something like that. <laughs> Like you, you've already seen so many movies empowering men and there, there just aren't that many that empower women. So, uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't understand why you would feel the need for men to be empowered in a movie. Well, I did hear, well, no. So they're not saying that they feel the need that men feel empowered. I think what, what most of the, what most of the views are here is that they, um, like there's no there's nothing that like says that well at least this is reading from reading from um what i what i've um seen from the from the republican side uh that that the movie doesn't have any values in men and women like collaborating like positively like having a positive relationship with each other i think is what they're saying the movies like movie stresses which isn't good for like kids to see and like ultimately like people to think about like feel so, I mean, as far as my opinion goes, I mean, I feel like like the idea of women having rights, obviously, like, obviously, women's rights is yes, granted, whatever, um, but like, being at the same status as men, um, in that movie, I agree with wholeheartedly, one hundred percent. But at the same time, I feel like what they did, um, in the movie was they made a lot of the got like the dudes in the movie like look really stupid and like dumb like all of them are really stupid and i feel like if they're if what this movie is trying to do is trying to stress that men and women can do the same things or women have the struggle in society um and are seen as objects and 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 are can be and are just as capable as men to do stuff um then why would you then it kind of counterintuitive to make the men in that movie really stupid and dumb? Um, I agree with you. I do think that um, making the men stupid is not the uh, the right way to look at equality. But in a way, I don't really think that it was intended to be this movie was intended to be about equality. I think in a way so many movies are built around this idea of the patriarchy where men have a lot more power and women are just seen as two-bit objects that throw on the screen for um extra views and uh they don't have three-dimensional characters they say a few lines and um just are there to look good and make the movie look good and um that's how a lot of movies have been and i think that this movie kind of throws 
inverts the idea if that makes sense and they have the women are all in power and the men are seen as these two bit objects because it's like it's like reversed if, and um i'm not saying that that's good or bad but um i just think that it was a production choice by greta gerwig and she herself said that she, ex she was expecting this response which um I think you have the qu the exact quote over there. Yeah, somewhere. so she basically, basically, when she was asked um, to respond to right wing conservative black backlash, she just basically said, "Certainly, there's a lot of passion." So basically, a nice way of saying, "Yeah, I know there's a lot of people that are upset about it, and I couldn't care less, to be honest with you." Yeah, so she knew what she was doing when she made this movie, and in my opinion, good for her. She made a statement with this movie, and. I think that the, the most power in this movie is we're not used to seeing the men be treated so poorly and the women be treated so well. And it's kind of flips it on its heads. So in a way for me, after seeing this movie, I was able to like look at a different movie and be like, oh, all, so many movies are just dudes in power and girls as like side thing, like um, not that important in the movie. But and, see, Greta Gerwig also said, though, that she wanted people of all different types to come come around and watch the movie and receive it in a positive manner, maybe even learn a couple of things or two when they go home. My biggest issue with that is if you're going to make a movie that you want to appeal to all people, obviously, you're going to have someone that's going to be mad. Or you're going to have a, a like such with such a topic like this. Um, you're going to have a you're going to have, you know, a whole party of people that are going to be a little reluctant to do so. So instead of making this movie make like i said this is again this is probably my only problem with the movie instead of making men look absolutely stupid and like useless objects and that they need to be like you know shown around and directed to do like you know the right things like they have to be fixed in a way mentally because they're too like arrogant and dumb um you might cause more controversy than you're going to cause discussion and I feel like that's not the right way you should be doing it. You need, and again, I'm not saying that it's something perfect. And directing is not an easy job, but at the same time, there's just a lot of things that you could do to avoid. Um, if you're really trying to get out there and you're really trying to get people of all sorts of different backgrounds, even people that don't like you, to learn a couple of things, which is what she said her goal was, then maybe you should be a little more careful with some of these themes and some of the screenwriting that you're making to make some of these individuals in the movie um seems you know act a certain way or, or, or you know portray a certain message on the screen that might not settle well with that audience it's better to err on the side of caution with that audience and get them to a degree where they're starting to sort of understand your perspective than cause outrage like they did like uh like she did in my opinion yeah, that that's a very fair point, Will. Um, uh, Evan, you want to add anything to uh, our t conversation around Barbie? Mostly everything was said. I I haven't seen the film yet, so I mean I don't really have a personal take on, you know, what all you guys are saying. But I'm gonna take what you guys said into, you know, into my mind when I do watch the movie. Yeah, I mean, again, so I would say. Uh, I mean, I, I can. I mean, I, I can tell. Correct me if I'm wrong. Will you definitely recommend the movie to somebody, not to kids, yeah. but to, to like people? I'd recommend it to. What a, about the viewing age? To a teenage audience, uh, 
early teenage audience is fine. I feel like once you're 13, 14, I think that you can, I, that's why it's PG-13. I think once you're 13, 14, you can look at this movie and be like, oh, that's really ironic. That's, that's funny. Because at the end of the day, this is a funny movie. It, it's a comedy movie. It, you've got some of the um, biggest comedians in the game here. Um, so I think that it's it's a good laugh. And one of the few comedy movies that I've really watched that actually tries to do something and does it successfully. Because so some comedies actually try to make a point and it's just there's no point. So with me, I feel like this movie does make a point and it makes it strongly and it definitely takes some risks and jumps through hoops to get there. Um, I feel like there are the movie itself was a little longer than it needed to be. Some scenes I feel like could have been cut down a little bit more like and gotten to the point. I feel like some parts were a little bit drawn out um, for the viewers to, to see. I kind of found myself getting a little bit uninterested at some aspects, but other aspects I was interested. Me personally... The theme of the theme of the general theme of the movie of, of, of women, you know, you can you are who you are and you're OK who you are and you don't need to change yourself to anybody or prove that to anybody Sh- like, you know, hands down. I couldn't agree more. Can't you know, can't get enough of, of, of telling that like of that at all. It's nothing wrong with that. It's just the movie in general, like the format of it um, just kind of was a little boring to me. Um, and it, it, again, this isn't just because the, I want to stress this isn't because it's a movie that has to do with um, women rights and, and, and men influence on women and within the world. Um, but if you would have really put any movie in this sort of this sort of setting, um, I don't know if I'd be super um, interested in it because it's like plastic and like plastic toys. And I feel like I've gotten to an age now where like that stuff doesn't really interest me more. I would be more I was honestly more interested in the real world side of Barbie than like the actual like barbie land that kind of like i don't know it's a very very odd dynamic there i definitely agree with you there i think that there are parts of it that shine out as a as a kid's movie and that's probably like where um it gets the most boring is when you're like oh this just feels like a kid's movie Mm -hmm. and once it gets into like real world issues and um all that kind of stuff is where it really starts to get good and uh, that's where the quality of the movie is for me, at least. Right. So that's how I'm feeling about Barbie again. So me personally, like I said, a little bit drawn out in some points and uh, definitely can see why it's offended some people here and there. Um, but overall, uh, if you, you know, you want to go see what it's about. I feel like it's important uh, to put yourself outside of your comfort zone, no matter what it is, because the only way that we as humans here on this earth are able to um, grow together. And instead of, instead of making a divide of divided line, let's go ahead and erase that line, do things that make us feel uncomfortable, go see stuff that we don't originally find interesting because me, myself, I've also learned a couple of things, um, from the director's side of things and just from the overall message in that movie. So on that note, we're going to go ahead and go to break now again. Thank you guys so much for listening in and we'll see you soon. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. 
One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. Welcome back to the Real Life Podcast. I am your host, Will Dalgado. Thank you guys again for tuning in today. I am here with... Evan Coleman. Bill Word. <laughs> or or uh, Will Rekakowski. Will, you're really obsessed with calling people Word at the end of their name. Yeah. Evan is Bev Word. Jeff is Jeff Word. Now you're Bill Word. And you're Will Word. Will Word. Yeah. Will Word. <laughs> All right. So before the break, we got into uh, Barbie and what we felt about it. Um. Yeah, I don't want to really say much more about it because I feel like I'm gonna uh, spoilers about to spew right out of my mouth. So I'm not gonna say much more about it. But um, it was a very interesting discussion. So uh, if you guys have any comments, uh, questions, or even concerns on our reviews of the Barbie movie and other movies as well, um, go ahead and reach us at the um, Real Life Podcast on Instagram uh, or podreallife at gmail dot com. Go ahead and let us know what you're thinking, how you feel. You might be featured in our next podcast episode. So getting getting into um, a big trend that's been happening in the mainstream um, movie and entertainment industry. It's a big, it's a movie loaded episode, guys. The Sound of Freedom. Ton of conspiracy theories that's wrapping around it. Um, it's kind of insane what's going on with this movie right now. I mean, it's got such a low budget and it's one of the top grossing movies that have come out. Uh, that has come out in the past uh, couple of weeks. So that's really interesting. Um, but basically, for those of you who don't know, haven't heard of it, because this movie has not been advertised on television or social media, um, The Sound of Freedom basically uh, is about a federal agent uh, who learns um, that uh, a boy's sister is uh, captive uh, in ch- uh, child uh, sex trafficking and he devotes his time, uh, this, this federal agent devotes his time to kind of go on this mission uh, to save her. Um, in doing so, he kind of uh, goes into the Colombian jungle and, and puts his life at, at risk. Um, and yeah, kind of tries to save her. And throughout this movie, we learn a lot about uh, child sex trafficking, unfortunately. Uh, and we learn a lot of really sad stuff. I mean... The way I really heard about this movie was I was scrolling through the TikTok and uh, I saw a video of this girl crying and she was like, I just watched Sound of Freedom and how the F can you do that? That's so messed up. So like, I mean, I'm kind of intrigued from that on its own um, as well. So I guess we can go straight into the conspiracy theories that have been surrounding this movie. It's why we're talking about this movie, guys. It's made... Fourteen million dollar budget and over one hundred and twenty million dollars in the box office and no advertising whatsoever. Not really. And might I just add, um, if we want to get into the conspiracy, 
the reason there's no advertising for that is um <laughs> the reason there's no advertising for that is because um dude <laughs> don't show memes to me all recording dude. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry i got i got distracted i was trying to get some slides up and i sorry no it's okay it's okay but the reason that um they at there's no advertising is because the people that pay for advertising don't want this movie out there and this movie was not picked up by a single major uh producing studio so it was it but was, it, was but it went through it went through oh it was dropped yep okay. and then angels and then angel studios or whatever picked it up yeah so i just have to ask who is stopping this movie from getting advertised and who is if it was originally a movie and it got dropped and someone must have had to pull the plug on it and why why is this message why are people afraid to put this message out there yeah i mean it's a good question i mean i'm um, not sure if that was more of a rhetorical but you're looking or if you're looking more for an answer but through my research on it i've found that a lot of people um, again, and I will say, just like Barbie, this is interesting because it's got it caused a lot of controversy because, again, now we have the right or the left Democratic Party is starting to say that they don't like this movie. Um, they think it's unrealistic. And a lot of people have said that they feel like it's not an accurate depiction of what child sex trafficking actually is. Um, there's also like a lot of people who are ups- upset with the fact that so if you watch the movie um, in theaters, I, the, 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 there's supposed to be a QR code that pops up and um, kind of prompts you to buy a ticket for someone who can't afford to see the movie to raise awareness. Mm-hmm. It, that's for some reason just very controversial because I guess people are saying that instead of using that money money um, to buy, to uh, put it towards like child's like trafficking they're using it to buy like more tickets for people to like spend more money which gives the money which gives more money to the studios and the directors i don't know i feel i don't really know the purpose behind the movie but if the purpose really is to raise awareness about sex trafficking then they probably should be doing more with the thousand percent profit that they've made on the movie but with that like i i honestly i agree with you on that um, the the goal of the movie is to raise awareness to child sex trafficking and how it even happens in the United States um, as well. And like it discovers a lot of like disgusting truths about industries, which is why which might be why there's a lot of rumors going around that there's a, like, a lot of censorship going on with the movie. Um, but you could I mean, again, I'm going to play devil's advocate here and say the Barbie movie, for example all the profits for that movie are going to like everyone that was involved. It's not going towards like charities, charities, like mental health for women or empower the, I don't know. Women's empowerment rights, the movements that go towards those. So you can advocate for both sides here. And a lot of people are just very upset. The fact that they're, instead of using the profits from the tickets, some of it to fight child trafficking, that they're encouraging people to buy tickets for their people. And honestly, I mean, hot take here, but like, I don't find anything wrong with that. I don't, I don't find anything wrong with that. Cause I feel like you're raising awareness in some way, shape or form anyway. And I mean, you're doing something here that that rarely, if ever happens, you're having people pay for other tickets 
people who can't afford to go see it. That's really interesting. And that's honestly been almost more effective than the, than the standard marketing on TV. Cause if you're, if you get, if you get an opportunity to go see a free movie, I mean, who wouldn't want to take that opportunity to go see a movie for free in theaters? Right. Like the, the knowledge that they have that they get out from the movie is powerful enough to, for them to may, maybe say, Hey, I want to, you know, go start looking more into this, see what goes on. Because it's, the it's the awareness. It's the awareness. I'm not have. saying, I'm not saying that like that they shouldn't be doing anything financially that to, to, to help, fight help, this, help but what can you do? It's everywhere. And, and it's sad enough that this is happening, but it just makes it worse to know, especially after watching the movie, it's everywhere and people just don't realize it. And maybe the reason they don't realize it is when a campaign against it, like this movie is kind of becoming a movement and it's actively being, people are trying to stop it. And I don't know why they're trying to stop it. I don't know who's trying to stop it, but it's clear that it's, they've been trying to stop this movement. So, well, Vanity, you guys know Vanity Fair. Uh, they're like yeah, they're like a magazine and news digital journalism, and you guys know Rolling Stone. Yeah, yeah. They're t- absolutely ripping this movie movie apart, and they're saying they're criticizing the directors and the and the owners and saying that it's more so like a very inaccurate depiction of what child sex trafficking is really like they're saying that how do they know well i I mean according to them that was my first question but according to them what their sources are people who have gone i guess they're they were quoting people who have gone through it or who know people who have gone through it who have testimonies that conflict with the movie but i feel like everyone's experience with that is different it's not the same experience for everybody like shouldn't they be sharing what they think about it to like the the movie and to people also as well like to promote exactly what they went through to say like how bad this is and whatnot i be doing that i have why are they just not saying i have no idea i mean it's just that's just the thing that's what people are trying to cancel it for is that they think it's not accurate to how child sex trafficking actually is and there's a faith there's a faith uh there's sort of a faith like basis in it as well uh apparently and so of course um there's been a lot of uh people who haven't necessarily been in favor of Christianity and what Christianity stands for. Um, so I think just the fact that that it has some sort of like some Christianity involved in the movement um, definitely uh, might just fuel the fire a little bit um, as well. Um, people aren't really happy to hear about that. Um, I think this might be a very good movie for us to come back to when we've seen it because we clearly have a lot of opinions about it right now but as far as i know none of us have seen this movie yet right i plan to see it this side this saturday you're planning to see it this saturday um i don't know when i will see it but i'm actually very intrigued also would like to and it's i think that it's definitely something we should touch up on on a later episode or the next episode is similar to how we did with barbie was is this controversy justified or is it um is it irrational? You know uh, what I mean? Right. And a lot of people, in addition to that QR code too, we're also going to, I'm actually kind of interested, intrigued to see if any of these conspiracy theories with movie theaters refunding tickets because the screen magically stops working. Um, the AC in the movie theater stopping, like stops working so that so people are uncomfortable. The lights flickering while the movie's going so people are distracted. Is that... 
first of all, how accurate is that that that's happening as constantly as we've been told? And if so, is it going to happen to us? And, and then on top of that, do we think this is just a marketing scheme or is this something bigger that none of us know about it? So maybe you can help me on this. This is only happening in the theaters that yeah. the movie is playing, not yeah. in the theater. Yep. It's happening in theaters that the movie is playing. I've seen multiple videos all over. Um, and again, once we have cameras set up for this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, um, we'll, we'll be able to roll clips um, of of this occurrence. Um but you literally can go on TikTok right now and search um, Sound of Freedom, like movie theater. And then like I saw one video where um, a manager went up to the front and told everyone they had to leave because the, the screen stopped working. Saw another, another video where they pan up and you guys know how there's like circular lights on the top that dim. Mm -hmm. They were like flashing while they were watching the movie and everyone was like pissed off about it. And there was another video or it wasn't a video, it was uh, some comments that were that were people who were uh, claiming they had a shared experience with their the AC shut off and the movie theater suddenly got extremely hot. So marketing has evolved vastly over the last year, like couple of years. I mean, have you guys seen that video of Jake Paul and KSI like with uh, prime bottles being thrown at them? Mm -hmm. That was not like real. That was staged. And they had... People throw their own prime bottles at them to raise, uh, like it was one big marketing scheme, and then the video went viral, and then next thing you know, Jake Logan Paul on a podcast, similar to how this form is format, was a couple of guys just chit, like talking about it. Sales like absolutely rocketed, like soared through the roof. So to a certain extent, I, I'm starting to wonder: is it are these theories of what's happening in the theaters? just one big marketing scheme which i don't even know how that happens like how you can just like how can you just go to a freaking movie theater and tell the like the hosts like or whatever the manager is like hey i want you to turn the lights on and off in theater seven you know like mm -hmm. how does that even work this is just interesting to me personally i think we have to experience it for ourselves That's, and on. i'm excited to see i really yeah. want to see i mean i'm probably going to be in tears by the time the movie's over because movies like that have a special place in my heart um but like i don't know like really interesting thing to see will definitely um looking forward to seeing it when i get the chance um i think that uh, in this day you can't really trust any form of uh media or any form of uh movement until you really get a chance to be a part of it for yourself because so much so many things that you see on the internet are just not real anymore and the only way to really judge what's real is by doing it yourself right i mean like not every that's the thing too like with rolling stone and vanity flare uh fair flare um absolutely ripping this movie to shreds all that's going to do is just influence more people to dislike the movie and not be in favor, just like how Ben Shapiro did with Barbie. Mm -hmm. So, again, our advice to you, ladies and gentlemen, and as we said last week, when it comes to critics' reviews on movies, even our own, you don't have to take them and just go with go with it. Okay. I, I used to work for yourself. Right. And I, I used to work with somebody at my first job, which I'll never forget. It was Applebee's freaking worst job I've ever worked. Um, but I learned something from one of my coworkers that'll, that still hit me to this day. 
and um in an in an environment in a restaurant environment you have a lot of gossip that goes on between the servers and the hosts and uh, the kitchen staff and i remember going up to one of my fellow coworkers that i was training i was training him um and i asked uh hey what do you guys what do you think about like this person how have they made you feel or what do you think about them and he's, he looked at me in the face and said, I've never talked to them. I've never interacted with them. How can I form a judgment on somebody without actually knowing, like without actually inter- like interacting with them just based on how they look at me? And he told me, he was like, people have said things, mean things about this one particular coworker, but I've never talked to them. So how do I know what they really are, like what they're really like? that's not fair for me to just form a judgment on what other people say. So ever since then, that's really just kind of stuck to me. But moving on to uh, more lighthearted uh, news today. The, uh, yeah, so more lighthearted, or lighthearted news on this day. So on this day, ladies and gentlemen, the Fred movie released. You guys see the Fred movie before? I honestly do not know what you're talking about. What's the Fred movie? Fred, like you remember that high-pitched dude? That was like, hey, it's Fred. And like, you do like a bunch of like dumb stuff. Nah. Like, vaguely, maybe. Let me see. I'm going to search him up now. This guy, John Cena, was in it. They had three movies. Oh, that movie? Oh my gosh. That was one of the stupidest movies I've ever seen. It's like a Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, it was like straight up this dude named Fred who just went and did the stupidest stuff. And in addition, and, and with stupid movies, the Emoji Movie also released today. That was a flop. And Disney's Haunted Mansion, if you guys want to see something that is not Barbie, Oppenheimer, or Sound of Freedom, you can go ahead and check out a more kid-friendly movie, Disney's Haunted Mansion, based on the ride in the Disney parks in Florida. Haunted Mansion will release with Jared Leto, Tiffany Haddish, and uh, Danny DeVito, Owen Wilson, and Rosario Dawson. Big cast for a uh, another big movie from Disney, but Disney, gotta ask, why are you picking the second week of Barbenheimer to put out a movie such as um, uh, as Haunted Mansion? They probably, they also probably couldn't have anticipated it because you gotta schedule it so far in advance. I just don't think this movie is gonna do well. It might be received well, but it's not the right time for this movie release it closer to <laughs> halloween maybe right you heard about it i'm sure the haunted mansion I, movie i've seen the um the trailers I've, I've heard about it it's just we're at a really interesting time for cinema right now and you're gonna have to wait a few weeks for this to release this movie it's it's uh not the right time and with the nature of disney movies now you can't stream them unless you get a disney plus subscription so a lot of the times that I would go to see a Disney movie, I would either see it in theaters or like wait for it to come on the Netflix or something. But now that they don't go to Netflix anymore, I just find myself watching way less Disney because I just think the idea of like many streaming services, that's a topic of discussion for another show. But it's just it's so much nowadays. Mm-hmm. I can I can agree with you on that. Right. That's what a lot of like theater heads and like film people like me will say. Like the like the experience of going to see a movie in a theater is starting to like simmer down a little bit, and it's kind of sad because the theater, the theatrical experience, like when you watch with like with your friends or awful date idea, by the way. Um, but like with your significant other, like on your first or second date, um, 
you don't you can't beat that you know like going like friday night you're like you know hey like you know it's like kind of reminds me of like high school middle school like hey do you like ask her ask her to go to the movies with you ask her the movie you take her to the movies movies. now it's like hey hey it's like hey girl you want to go see haunted mansion with me and then he or she or your friends are just like i already saw it on disney plus like yesterday or like why would we go to a theater when i have a subscription yeah you can just sit at home netflix and chill man yep you don't need to go anywhere anymore. You can just do everything right from your living room. What's the point of having the experience of going out with your friends, you know, your buddies? Rainy day, go to the theater, exactly. get, get some candy get from snacks, CVS. Put them then... in your pockets, go right in, you know, have a good time. You can do everything from your couch. So, um, and everything's out, you know, like that. Yeah. Right. So it has its pros and cons. It does. Right. It does indeed. But I will always... As as much of a broke college student I am as I am right now, I will always enjoy going to the movie theaters um, to watch uh, those movies. I just feel like it's a whole different experience. Um, so yeah, so Fred movie released today, the Emoji movie released today, and Disney's Haunted Mansion also released uh, today. But in addition to that, today's also a freaking huge day in the um, music industry, and will can go ahead and uh, connect us to why that is yeah speaking of huge releases um probably the most highly anticipated album of the past i don't even know how many years um utopia by travis scott is releasing tonight after five years since his last album astro world which sold uh 537,000 in its opening day which are opening opening week which is a astronomical number for a hip-hop album in this modern day that we live in um utopia is dropping tonight and it's uh it's going to be one of the biggest listens of the year for sure might have the has the potential to really change the entire music genre because some it's very rare but there are times where an album will completely change the way music is recorded. And uh, I think that Travis has what it takes to do that with this album, just based on how much anticipation he has going for it. But it also very much uh, could flop and it could be a very bad album too. So here's to see. Um, but what's a little interesting is that Post Malone, Right, um, I was gonna say post. I was gonna mention him. Post Malone also decided to release his highly anticipated fifth album, Austin, today, and it already released. Or it's releasing at midnight. Yeah, they're releasing at at midnight. So technically f- Friday morning, but um, as at the time of recording this, I'm probably gonna go home and wait for these albums to drop so I can listen to them. That's that's what my Friday's looking. I like. I mean, if you look at the group chat we're all in right now, um. One of our, our good our good friends, Casey, who's a music producer himself. Shout out to Casey. Um, uh, excuse me, uh, singer-songwriter um, is more proper. He makes his own songs and, and records them. Uh, he actually asked uh, all, the, all the dudes in the group chat if we want to um, sit down and uh, meet up uh, tonight at midnight when it releases. Can't say I'll be doing that because I have a job to go to tomorrow morning. Um, but... I mean, that just goes to show, guys, how so many people are going to be probably up to listen to this song and are wicked excited for it to come out. It's going to be all over your social media page tomorrow, Instagram, TikTok. It's going to be everywhere. People are going to be reacting to it, it, putting it out there. So get ready for that, guys. If Travis Scott and Post Malone aren't your cup of tea, which wouldn't understand why, um, just kidding. 
Uh, maybe stay off social media for a little bit because you'll see a lot of stories and uh, videos in regards to that. One thing that I want to say is interesting is we had Barbenheimer last week and now Post and Travis dropping on the same night. It just feels like a very sim- similar uh, thing. Like this and it's a very similar thing happening in the music industry Two huge, highly anticipated, probably record breaking albums. And uh, the, the same thing is also happening with the the-, the film industry just last week so right it's big uh big month for uh this summer media. as a whole is huge yeah. for entertainment television and news or in uh and music as well but yeah. thanks for your piece on that will we really appreciate it um again travis and post mullen releasing their albums tonight at well tomorrow morning at midnight so again like i said you can go ahead and see uh real life podcast on instagram um, we like to post some polls there. So if you want to see how other people are feeling towards the uh, album or you just want to give your take, give your two cents on, you might have a chance to be mentioned in our, uh, next podcast. That's at real life podcast on Instagram and pod dot real life on Instagram, or excuse me, uh, pod real life on, uh, at gmail.com. So talked a lot about all these different things um today we we kind of we brushed up on what the teenage mutant ninja turtles is really about i mean the tent pole and then the and the cash grab um with uh the writers guild of america and uh what what they have going on um what the alliance of motion picture and television um barbie on barbenheimer had to happen last week again more to come for that uh and uh might actually want to go home and watch Fred again because kind of want to feel like a kid. Just even though it's kind of like a dumb, dumb comedy movie, might be still excited to go see it again at home. So I might be going going ahead and doing that. But other than that, that's all we have for you guys today. Thank you guys all so much for tuning in uh, on this episode uh, of the Real Life Podcast. We hope you guys all enjoyed, and we hope you also get engaged, and uh, whether it be um, through us letting us know your opinions or following us on Instagram or getting engaged in um, your own kind of splurge of movies, um, television, uh, and music mainstream media. It's always good to get yourself out there uh, and really experience new things and kind of have fun with it while you're at it. I think the main takeaway from today's episode, though, is put yourself in in an area where you're uncomfortable so you can grow and continue to grow rather than staying to what you feel is comfortable because you never know you might as well be surprised. From Holyoke, Massachusetts, in the Holyoke Media Center, this is Will. I'm going. Will. Will Squared, we're, uh, Will Squared, ladies and gentlemen, and Evan. We're signing off. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.